Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. All righty, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at in the world listening today and at whatever time, welcome back to the Bold Believer Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Snyder, and with me in the Bold Believer studio, which is always moving these days, is a couple of individuals, both of which uh, who have uh, featured on uh, on a Bold Believer episode or three. Uh, Mr. Ike Danford, or Isaac Danford, is back for this episode, and my good friend here in Lewistown, Montana... Talon. Talon Arts is in here with me as well. I guess I should have let Isaac introduce himself. Isaac, say hey. Hey. All right. <laughs> we're here to, we're going to discuss a, a topic found out of the book of John. So if you want to follow along, we're going to be running around the book of John. This is going to be structured as what we've called before a, a dude discussion. So it'll be a little bit more informal. But we will be discussing and, and, and dissecting some uh, some of the amazing things that Jesus prescribed to himself and why they are amazing. More specifically, the I Ams. Some of you may not know the significance of the I Ams, and we don't have time today to go into all the detail of what that means or what that implies, but quite simply, looking back to the time of Moses, a couple thousand years prior to Christ, we see the burning bush um, that Moses saw on, on the mountain when he was tending sheep. He looked up. He went up to see what was going on, why the bush was not burning up, though it was on fire. God called out of the midst, the bush, or the, or God in that bush, in that fire, replied, I am that I am. Moses asked, who who, who should I tell sent, sent me? When he goes back to Egypt, he said, I will reply, I am that I am. So the I am is very significant because it is a title to God. And some people may not know exactly what that means. And if, I'll be honest, it means a lot. And we're going to see just how much it means, at least in many aspects and in many regards, by seeing some of the prescribed titles that the Son of God, God in flesh, God incarnate, give gave himself, prescribed to himself in the book of John alone. There are seven different I am's that Jesus proclaimed himself to be. So if you have a Bible, turn over to John chapter 6, verse 35. We're going to read the very first I am that we find in the book of John when Christ spoke uh, to this crowd that was on looking. John 6, 35 says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. What does it mean to be the bread of life? The physical bread that we think of quite often when we think of bread mm-hmm. is so much more in Christ. Christ mm-hmm. is like, our, like you said at the beginning, it's our sustenance for our spirit. Mm-hmm. He that cometh to me and drinks of my water and eats of this bread shall hunger and thirst no more. Yup. Mm, that's like that good. Well. That's good. So I am the bread of life. Jesus proclaimed to be the bread of life. The next proclamation, I'm going to have Talon review that one. John 8, 12, if you got a Bible and you're referencing it, John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so the question is, what is the light? If Jesus is the light of the world, what is the light? And this brings me to a passage in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and I'll read that real quick. 
God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, or ages, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, mm. and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had been... And when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So when it says Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by his word or of his power, Jesus is the light. So when we think of the sun, that gives light. But if all the materials and everything that makes up that sun were not to shed off light, we would never know that the sun is there, but that that material of what makes that sun would be there without us knowing. Mm. You see, when we see Christ, he is the express image of God. So, for example, if we have a stage and there's a man in behind the curtain of the stage speaking or doing things, we wouldn't know what he looked like, but we would see it's evident that he was speaking. But Christ is that person who stepped in front of the stage and revealed himself and that is what God did. He spoke through all, all, the whole Bible. He spoke through his prophets, through his voice. But later in the New Testament, when Christ walked the earth, he was God himself in Christ being revealed to us visibly. And he is the light of the world. Mm. That brings me to uh, a verse as well. In, uh, in Matthew five fourteen. you know, we're called to be light bearers bearers of the light if he's the light of the world we are called to bear the light amen so we spread his gospel it says specifically in matthew five fourteen, ye are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house so we are called to spread that light that we have in us throughout the whole world Man, that's good. John, uh, and also, it doesn't have this verse here, but John chapter 1 starts off, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Christ was that light that shined in darkness, and the darkness it could not comprehend at that time when he shined his light was the Jewish nation or the people that he came unto. As it goes on to say, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He was that light that shined in darkness. And as Isaac went on to say, and rightfully so, he went on to point out that we are now the image bearers or the light bearers of the light. We are maybe like the moon. We reflect his light. We possess that light, not in ourselves, not with anything that we've done in, in, within ourselves, but what he has done in us and what he does through us. We are conduits for the kingdom. He is the light of the world. I am the light of the world as Christ Christ stated there in John 8, 12. And one more thing I was going to add on that. So when we are that light, when we walk, the darkness hates that light. Mm. And so when we are as Christians walking in the truth and the power of God, and we are keeping ourselves holy unto God, kept by the Holy Spirit, that is when we are the light, when we're keeping the commandments of God, and it, sh 
so shines upon the darkness and the world sees that holiness that we are kept by the Holy Spirit. That light shines on them and they see the difference through that. Yep, you see a difference between light and darkness. Very obviously a difference between light and darkness. Darkness runs from light. Like, if I turn this light on in this room as it is now, the darkness runs underneath the chairs. Like, look, there's darkness under the chairs. And if you shine the light down there, the darkness runs somewhere else. Not physically, we know how it all works. But that is the exact way we are called to live our life. We shine the light wherever we go so the darkness cannot be be in power wherever we wherever we put our foot. There's two things right now that that brought into my mind. Um, the aspect of dark and light. You ever heard that phrase, what's done in the dark will be brought into the light? Mm-hmm. When you said doing the sins and then having Jesus know about those sins, okay, they know the... Th- they, I say they as in all three of them together in one being. The Godhead. The Godhead knows the thoughts that are in our mind and in our heart. We do those things in dark, but it's brought out to the light. You know, if he is the judgment light and, the, and in the oh, judgment, all in the great white throne judgment, great white throne judgment. That means there's going to be no darkness yep. right there. Nothing can be hidden in that anymore. Amen. Mm. So where are you at? Is he your light, and are you, do you possess that light? This third I am that we see Jesus prescribe to himself is found in John chapter 10, 9. I'm going to have Mr. Ike, Mr. Isaac read John 10, 9 for us. This verse says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Hmm. When you enter into Christ, he is the door. Understand that, which means... Which means you cannot climb over the fence. It means you cannot dig under the fence. It means you can't go in some other way. As that scripture goes on to say, those who come in another way are robbers and thieves. They are not of the fold. Christ is the door, and you must enter through that door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm giving away another I am. But uh, no man comes to the Father but by me, as he stated so he states there, I am the door. There's another verse that comes to mind that Isaac Scott pulled up here as well. It's, it's in Revelation 3.20, actually. It says, Behold. Now these are all red letters. These are words that Jesus spoke. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So when you accept that Jesus is that open door, and you realize that beyond that open door, Jesus will walk with you, you're entering into a new power, a new anointing that he will give to you. Another thing that came to mind. A power that you don't understand. Is that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was was rent in twain, I I believe is what it says. It was split. It was cut. And... How it used to be in the Old Testament, they would have to go to the Holy of Holies, the room where you could meet with God and have the presence of God. But in the New Covenant, we have access through Jesus to God the Father Mm. by what Jesus did on the cross. And so when we can go in and out and find pasture, if we think about it, Mm. through Jesus, we can go in and out, have full access to God the Father, whether it's in our prayer room or wherever, we can come to our father in the name of jesus Mm, that's good that's really good i can't can't say much more about that he is the door he said i am the door john 10 9 the fourth i am that we want to look at here is found in john 10 11 
John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. This shepherd, Jesus Christ, laid down his life for his sheep, for those that, that, that he, I believe that weren't even guaranteed to, to love him back. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And as a shepherd, what does that mean? What is a shepherd? Let's think a little bit about the lines of shepherd. Why does he prescribe himself shepherd? Well, if you think about it, you know, if you go back into the, um, the story of David, you know, David was picked out by Saul because God told him that he was a man after his own heart. And David was, was a Samson, shepherd. Right? Samson, sorry. No, no Samuel. 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 Yeah, my sorry. bad. We <laughs> combined both of their names. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> We can edit that out. No, no, we'll, we'll keep that in there. But, <laughs> but anyway, he was picked out by Samuel because God told Samuel that he was after his own heart. And what was David? A shepherd. David was a shepherd. And what is it that when, uh, when he was going up to face Goliath that he said that gave him confidence over being able to defeat Goliath? Is anything too big for our God? Is anything too big for our I don't God? Know, that's just what came and to my mind. And he had so fought exactly. a bear and a lion. He had experiences. That he, he had experiences through. with that because the the enemy was coming after his flock, mm. and him being as little as he was, he was mighty. He was made weak, but was strong with God. So with that, he was brought. He, that that's the shepherd, mm. right there. That is the shepherd, the example of shepherd, and I think that's what that verse correlates to. He protects you, he holds you, he keeps you, he leads you, he corrects you, yep. yeah. and he watches over you if you get sick. I mean, he will he lead the ninety-nine if the one escapes your, too. He's your God. And he I is. Mean, he's your father. Oh yeah. I and mean, it just all comes down as and, and prescribing the term sheep for us as believers is a pretty good term. It's not. It's not as warm and fuzzy as we might actually think it is. Sheep are pretty dumb. Sheep get lost, get caught off guard, get they're almost they're defenseless in many ways without the shepherd. And so are we without Christ. We need him as our shepherd. We need to rely on him. We need to follow him. And when we get off the path, yeah, there's gonna be some bumps and there's gonna be some bruises. But he'll come after us because he loves us that much. We're here his children, we're his sheep, we're in his family, and he is our shepherd. I am the good shepherd, as Christ prescribed to himself. The next, uh, the next I am we're going to look at, the fifth I am, this is one of my favorites here, is John eleven twenty five. I'm going to have Talon read this particular I am. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Mm. I am the resurrection. Man, this was spoken to a woman who was grieving the loss of her brother. And if you know the story... Jesus goes on to heal a man who was dead for four days, Lazarus. When he told Mary that he was going to raise Lazarus or that Lazarus would be raised, she replied, I know he will rise again in the last day. And he replied unto her, I am the resurrection. You are looking at the man who has power to raise the dead. Yes, there will be the resurrection at the end of time where our bodies will meet our souls in the air and we'll get our, our new bodies and we'll, everything will be made new. But there's a time right now, as he stated to her, that I'm going to exercise my power to be the resurrection. 
there's so much along the lines of Christ being the resurrection because what happens to us as believers when we come to him in faith? What does he do within us when we step out and, and, and accept what he did on the cross? He resurrects he, us to new life where the person we used to be is now dead, crucified with Christ on the cross, and he puts his spirit within us, making us a new creature with a new heart that has the desires to follow God and also, that doesn't mean our flesh and temptations are just going to go away. No. But now we are a new creature in Christ. He also gives us a new anointing, a new gift with that. He gives us power just the same. The gifts of God. Some have the gift of being able to communicate with people. Some have the gift and honor of being preachers, which is different than communicating than people. Some have the gift of music. You know, there's many different gifts that the Lord gives to his new anointed. Um, there's also, in the, earlier on in that, uh, in that verse, uh, you see that also Martha, Mary's sister, was there too. But she knew and understand the same thing that Mary did. But she went about it a different way. She was blaming God for what's happening. Like, Lord, you could have done this. You could have healed Lazarus if you wanted to. Why didn't you heal him? She was asking him in, in a blaming way, a negative connotation. Why didn't you do this? And he goes on to say that God's power might be revealed in this time. At least he, he spoke to the disciples when they, when they left to head back, though he knew Lazarus was asleep, as he told his disciples, and they thought he meant physical sleep, and he went on to plainly say, no, no, he's dead. We've got to go because God's got something. We've got, some, we've got a job. God's got something to show forth in this death. And uh, we go on to see that that was the life, the renewed yeah. life, the resurrection from the dead. Romans 6, 6, and we'll go on to the next I am after this. Romans 6, 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. What is our old man? Our old man is lust, sin, and death. Our old man is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It goes on to say in verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. What happens after you are dead and freed from sin? Verse 8, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Someday, because Christ is our resurrection, we will rise and resurrect again with him. We shall go through the waters of death to be risen anew and perfected in his kingdom because he is the resurrection. Number 6, the 6th I am that I'm going to give on to Mr. Isaac to read here. I love this right here because it brings me back to uh, something that a Bible school teacher is teaching right now is what numbers represent. The number six is the number of man. You know, that's the number of men. And this verse really stuck out with me when I just read it. It says, Jesus, 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 wow, lisp, <laughs> Jesus saith unto him, that's John 14, 6, huh, funny. Funny, 14, 6, and then this is number 6. The sixth I am. The sixth I am is also in John 14, verse 6. So the number of man. The correlation is there. The number matches up, and listen to why. And I'll explain afterwards. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man can satisfy man. It says uh, in, in Mark 8, 
No man can satisfy God. No man can satisfy man either. What do you mean? There, uh, in, in the in one of the sermons that God gave me in Mark eight about how he how Jesus fed the four thousand. It had it, it, it had said that. From whence can a man satisfy man in this wilderness? And that spoke to me. Man can't satisfy man at all, period. Wilderness being this whole world. This whole world is wild. Man can satisfy man, but not according to what God takes as satisfying. You can't reach. You you won't find total satisfaction. You can't reach total satisfaction. Man can't satisfy. A satisfy is you are... You are full. At, you you are, are done. At, at this is that. rest, a total peace with whatever you are right in. Yes. That's what satisfies. Outside of God, is. I don't believe you could find that peace. I don't think I, don't, I couldn't imagine finding that kind of peace outside of God. That's good. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Um, now it, it it says, and what this says is, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So man can't get to the Father. Alone. Mm. It's like a bridge, okay? If you've got a, a, a bridge or a gully that you're trying to jump over, okay? And you know that you can't do it. Each time you jump, you can get somewhat close. You can get eh, just a little bit close. Zacchaeus, okay? Wee little man, climbed up in a tree to try to get closer to God. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get alone. alone. He was man. Down. To get down and respond. <laughs> Boom. Anyway. But what happened was there was a bridge that was made for us. That bridge was lowered, okay? Here's heaven. I know you can't see it, but there's a, kind of like a drawbridge almost. Click, connecting God to man. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. And that's why Jesus is that bridge. Oh. And that yeah. is why Jesus is that door. Amen. No man can enter alone. So when we also say we have all these other religions, we have Hinduism, Islam, <clears throat> Buddhism, all these other things when we say all these, all these other religions, the world says we can do our own belief, we can combine our beliefs, yep. we can do it all, all these things, but the thing is, is Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Yep. It's not Buddha, not Allah, not Muhammad, it's not Donald Trump, yep. it is Jesus Christ. Yeah, so let me, let me point this out. We, as people, understand that when it comes to making truth claims, or me standing up and saying, uh, I have the answers, either I do or I don't. And when it comes to something as serious as eternal life and, and, and heaven and hell, Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, either means he is a liar, either means he might be a lunatic, he might believe that he is the way, but he is not, or he is Lord and God. Uh, Josh McDowell wrote out these, this analogy very well, and very, it, it, it breaks it down very, very simply for us. We either believe that Christ is Lord and is who he says he is, or that he's a liar or he's a lunatic. Because here's the thing. If 10 religions, just 10, you know, there's thousands of them. But if 10 religions are all that were there were in the world and each of them made claims to salvation and all of them being different, which they are. Every religion out there has a different way to get to whatever. The utopia, heaven, uh, the afterlife, whatever you want to call it. Either all of them are wrong or one of them is right. And Jesus made the direct claim that I am that way. And so I believe with all of my heart that we can find the truth, the way, and the life through Christ. Not just because of what he's done in my life, but what, the, what I've seen him do in the world around. 
what I've seen him do in, through history, what I've what I've studied about him do, doing in history, what I've what I what I've see the tr- what truth that I see unravel through this book that you're so uh, that you that you've jumped on here to help uh, help dive through with us. Thank you for joining us here today. But let me ask you this before we get to the last and final point through the I am series here. Have you walked that way? Have you responded to Jesus? Is he your life today? And if not, why not? It's simple. Isaac pointed out a second ago that he is that door and he is that like a bridge. The goalie that is fixed between us and God cannot be crossed. It is too far. It is too they will always fall short, as the book of Romans says. Our, our, our good works will always fall short of God's glory. For the wages of sin is death. Is death. Yes, sir. And death eternal, total separation of God. Yep, it separates us. And so Christ was that bridge. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you have not responded to that, if you don't know that if you were to die today, that, that, that he would be in his life, that you would be in heaven, that you would be in eternity. You can respond right now, even as you listen, and, and cry out to God and ask him to, to be your Lord, to save you from your sin, to forgive you, to move into your life, to be your Lord. And he will. And then he goes on to say and make promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he'll guide us to those green pastures, that he will show us the difference in right and wrong and give us discernment. It's a journey and it's a process, but it is one worth working out. So I want to challenge you, get on the train while it's passing by because who knows, tomorrow might be too late and this train will be gone. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Number seven, uh, uh, Mr. Talon, will you read that final I am? I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. What does that mean? What You can do nothing. So if I'm not a Christian, I can't do anything? Is that what that's saying? You can do nothing that would ultimately carry on to the next life or bring meaning towards God. Everything else would be vanity. It's nothing, and it will all be burnt up in the fire because it was it was without it actually being perfect. Yeah. Because God, what carries over, must be perfect, and that is through God, the Holy Spirit, working within you. Tell me, you can do nothing. That means to me that you know you can't do anything without Christ. But that more specifically means that you can't do anything that is fruitful in your life. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can have the biggest business in the world have all the money in the world but you gave up something for that you gave up love and Jesus's love you gave up you gave up yourself really you gave up yourself for success so what is it profit what's it gonna profit you nothing because you've lost your soul mm. exactly you have to accept the gift that Jesus is giving it's a gift because you can choose not to accept a gift. And guess what? The Bible goes on to say that when we accept that gift in regards to him being the vine, that we are then grafted into his family. What does it mean to graft into a plant or into a vine? To graft means to cut in and to plant or make part of. We, outside of Christ, are like dead branches on the ground, but he takes that death, breathes life into it, and cuts us into his family and lets us grow from him. 
gives us purpose, gives us meaning, gives us fruit because of his vine or because of who he is. He is that way, that truth, that life, and he gives us his life, his light. Because we step through the door, he resurrects us. He is the bread of life that sustains us. He is that water that that sustains us. He is all of the I am's that we were able to to, to pull out of the book of John. And, And a friend, again, I can't say it enough if you don't know what that means to be a child of God. If you don't know that if you were to die today that a heaven's your home, you can know right now. Pray a prayer, something along these lines. It's not the words that save you, but the faith behind the words. Dear God, I, I, I know I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of your glory. I, I, I desire you to forgive my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross, and I believe that it was payment for everything that I've done. I believe that you rose from the dead to prove that you were God and had power over death. And I ask you now to be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. He'll move in. He'll change you. He will bring new life in your life. And hey, I'm, 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 a living, I'm living proof right now. And again, I haven't lived that long, but I, I'll say this over and over again. There's no better place to be than right where God wants you to be. So even on your worst days, if you know that you're supposed to be right where you're at, you can rest easy because you are in the hands of in the arms of Christ, our sustainer. He says he was the bread of life. He says he's the light of the world. He says he's the, the door, the good shepherd, the resurrection, the way, the truth, and the life, the vine. Are you living, growing, and walking in him today? And even as a Christian, don't try to grow fruit outside of that vine because it won't, it won't profit anything. It'll be burned up in the end as well. Stay in Christ. Let your works and your light be made known through Christ and Him alone. Be a bold believer. I want to challenge you, if you haven't done so already, to drop a comment, drop a rating on this podcast if, it's, if you found any kind of help in it. And, and I thank you for joining us once again. Please share this episode if you, if you liked what you heard and let us know what you think. Thank you once again. This is Josh Snyder signing out. With Isaac Danford. And Talon Arndt. God bless you guys. Come back again next week for another episode of The Bold Believer. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.